Hola. Bonjour. Ni hao. Do it again. Keep going. Keep going. Hello, I'm James Phelps. And I'm Oliver Phelps, guys. Welcome back to the Normal Not Normal podcast. Uh, in this series, we're talking to some of our favourite people to find out what normal means to them and to ask the question, does normal even exist? That's right, and today's guests are Billy Boyd and Dominic Mohan. Uh, you might know them as Pippin and Merry from The Lord of the Rings. Now, people have often said that our characters in Potter were a bit like theirs in Lord of the Rings. You know, the, the cheeky chappies and often bringing humour to some very dark bits. So I'm very, very excited to find that their bond on the screen is as strong in real life. Very much. And we want to find out what it was like for them on set filming. We heard they're quite the pranksters. Now, as you can probably tell, we can relate to this quite well. Yes. And since Lord of the Rings, they've both gone on to do some amazing projects that I'm sure we'll hear about and they've also started their own podcast called the friendship onion a great name and we really recommend listening to it very much so joining us from their studio in los angeles here is billy and dom chaps thank you so much for uh, for joining us today how are you both getting on good yeah it's been it's been a good morning uh, up to now and then i've just bumped into my good friend here dom oh, oh. And uh, we've joined you guys, so here we are. What? Where are you? Where are you in 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 the United Kingdom? We are. Yes, we're not. We haven't got sunny backdrops like Ooh. you do at this very second in time. But is that a ba- is that a backdrop or is that real? No, it's real. That's Los Angeles. That's where it all happens. Very nice. All the dreams are broken right <laughs> down there. Somewhere close by on the streets out there, someone is reorganising a cheeseburger that they just bought. You know that thing that you see someone yeah, do? With I don't it? want that. Don't, tomato. So the lettuce uh, goes there, the onion goes on the oh, bottom. Yeah, I don't yeah. like the tomato. Keep that gherkin. Someone's doing that right now, right down there on those streets. And some guy with a big cigar has just signed a deal for some, an actor yeah. for $3 million for the first episode of a new series. And it's not you, Tom. No, it's not me. And it's not me because we are here talking to you. <laughs> Well, sorry, sorry about stopping you from that that one today, but maybe tomorrow. Um, <laughs> That's all right, James. It's all right. It'll come around. But you, you said how you guys are, are good mates. Can you remember the first time you guys ever met? Yeah, it was almost like it was yesterday, wasn't it? But it wasn't. It wasn't. We've told this story so many times that, in fact, I've heard, not, not that I'm comparing myself to Paul McCartney, but I've, <laughs> yesterday, but I have. Oh, you're not anything like him. No, Carry no. <laughs> but I did hear Paul McCartney <laughs> say in an interview that he was asked when he first met John Lennon, and he said he's told this story so many times now that he's not sure what is true and what isn't because it's become yeah. its own monster. But from my recollection, I showed up last out of the four hobbits and. The three lads had been there for a while, just going through the general works that I'm sure you guys went through on Harry Potter, wardrobe fittings, makeup checks, script readings, gym sessions, all that kind of stuff. I showed up, crazy jet lag from Manchester to New Zealand, which I think is about as long a flight as you can have. Yeah, Th- 32 hours it used to take me. 32 hours, I mean, and you've got breaks in between them. So I was a little, you know, kind of, all over the place and then immediately got pulled into social events with you and Sean and Elijah and I had very short hair like a shorter than your hair right yeah, now yeah we shaved I remember shaved. that um and everyone was so welcoming and friendly and cool the, the interesting thing about the hobbits and I would have in, I would include 
the beautiful late uh, Ian Holm in this, and Andy to a certain extent, because obviously Andy was a hobbit, and then, you know, kind of Gollum went off on his own path. Andy Circus. Andy Circus, of course. They, they all kind of share this open, friendly, curious kind of energy for life, and that's that's what happened when I when I met the three other lads. Everyone's just like, great, let's let's go surfing. Let's jump on a bike. Let's all go to the gym together. Let's try out this new restaurant. Everyone's just perpetually in a good mood. If you don't mind, uh, James and Ollie, I'd like to dive in a little deeper into uh, the memory and how the human brain works. Oh, because Billy's been reading a book about the body and he's probably on the brain chapter right now. Is that what's happening? Dom was, Dom was <laughs> kind enough to buy me a book by uh, Bill Bryden. Bryson. Bryson. Uh, Bryson. <laughs> Bill yeah. Bryson called The Body. And it, it, very, you know, it just it basically skims across... When I say skims, you know, it does like a chapter on the brain, a chapter on the digestive system, blah, blah. Brilliant. And I was reading the brain part uh, last night or the night before, and it was talking about memory and how people's memories are nowhere near as good as you think they are. And they did this experiment where they took some people and they took photos of them and photoshopped them into uh, Disney World when they were young, you know, four, five, six years old, showed them the photograph and said, uh, do you remember this day? And they would say, oh, yeah, I remember I, I met my cousin there. My father took me. We spent two days, blah, blah, blah. And then when they, when they finished it, they would tell them that they have never been to Disney World. Wow. They had all these memories of being there. They could talk about the whole day. They could talk about what rides they went on. And the the people doing the experiment had picked people who had never been to Disney World. Wait, no, wait. So are you saying we weren't in the Lord of the Rings? Is that what you is that what you're saying? Maybe. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe. I don't know. Maybe like on the rap party, you had a a photoshopped uh, image or something like that. Diving exactly. We don't know, Ollie. Nothing, nothing is for no, sure anymore no. after I read that chapter. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? My parents bought me that book for my birthday, and I remember, I remember reading it, and probably about ten times reading it, thinking, "Billy will love this. Yeah, it'll blow his mind." It, it really has it's blown my book. mind. It's great. It's a great book. I would recommend you and your yeah. listeners read it immediately. Yeah, The Body by Bill Bryson. Do you think that because of like obviously you guys meeting on the film set and then obviously playing the characters what had such close bonds together anyway? Do you think that in playing the roles impacted your your organic friendship as it is now? That that was almost like the bedrock. I mean, for it, it definitely helps because Billy and I spent more time with each other with each other than any other actor that we were with, and alongside Elijah and Sean, we probably spent more time with each other than any of the actors did with any other actors. Does that make sense? Do, wow, do you know what that, I mean? Yeah, that was well, well yeah. like, done. Like Mary and Pippin and Frodo and Sam are such a twosome of the collective that, you know, someone like Ian McKellen and, and Vigo spent a lot of time with each other, but not quite as much time as is on paper on the script for Mary and Pippin and Frodo and Sam. So we spent a lot of time with each other. We obviously traveled together. Billy and I kind of like the same things. We love restaurants. We like playing pool. We like surfing. We like going to the gym. We, you know, we, we, when we were first in New Zealand, the, 
the first ever series of Big Brother had come out with Craig. Do you remember Craig, the Scouser Craig, who uh, Craig, everybody loved? Craig, Craig the Builder. Yeah, Craig the Builder. <laughs> yeah. And Billy's lovely sister sent him, this is how old we are now, sent him VHS tapes, right? Yeah, every week or every two weeks or whatever, she would send the latest <laughs> uh, Big Brothers. And Dom would come round to my house and we just sit and watch that. It was brilliant. We were obsessed. So, we, you know, we, we, we enjoyed each other's company outside of work. We spent a lot of time at work together. So, of course, it's a bonding experience. And, of course, you're both tired. You're both challenged by work. You're both challenged by the travel and all that kind of stuff. E even if Billy and I weren't necessarily spending as much time with each other outside of work, it would have been formative anyway. Because I've worked with actors who... You know, nice people, but they're not the the way that I feel about Billy. And you do, you do find a bond because, you know, you're in the trenches together. Mm. And if you don't mind, James and Ollie, I'd like to uh, mm. go a bit deeper into the human ah, body yes. here. <laughs> the spleen. Which, Which is something yeah. I've thought about <laughs> as an actor, is how much does your body know that you're acting? Mm. You know, like, you, so many times, leading ladies and leading men will fall in love on a set or on a you know, a stage show or because they're playing people who fall mm. in love, you know? So how much is your body thinking, wow, wait a minute, I'm in love with this person because I say it every night on stage. I'm, you know, so me and Dom, not saying we fell in love, well. but, you know, we went through these adventures. We were on horseback together and, and, and we had to say goodbye to each other. And, and, and I wonder how much mm. your body knows that it's real or not real, you know? Mm. Yeah. I was going to ask actually about their own basket now. Um, when it comes to, I'm always fascinated by how other actors, their styles and their methods and how they go about the craft. Do you guys have similar to the process or are you different? Or like, what can I ask what you guys each, how you prepare for a role and whether working together on projects, you kind of do the same thing? I don't really know Billy's style or method or craft. I've not really asked him. I feel like. Um on set you're you're so consumed with trying to do you you know your job personally and it is quite overwhelming myself i just always consider the script to be the place that you can solve almost any problem that you might have as i've got older and older all about preparation so i'm just constantly constantly reading the script and playing around with the script so on any given night if, I'm, if I've got a, a big scene, let's say, the night before, I'll come in immediately, have a look at what's going on, look through the script, see if there's anything in particular I need to put my eye on, and then I'll go do something else, which invariably is cooking, because, you know, I'll, I'll you know usually cook for myself at night. And while I'm cooking, I'll just think, can I recall almost everything that's going on in that, in that scene? You know, he meets the girl. Yeah. They, you know, they say that they've, they've, they've found this particular clue. They jump on a train. She says this, he says that. And they, do I have it in my head? And if I, if I don't, go back and have a look. And then from there, I come in, I eat my dinner, I have a look again. And then before I go to bed, obviously, I make sure that I have most of the problematic stuff or most of the stuff in my head. Turn the lights off at night after getting ready to listen to a podcast because I'm obsessed with podcasts. And I'll see if I can recall it just before I go to sleep again and how, how much I've got. And usually when I wake up in the morning, I have it and then I let it go. Uh, just try to think about who's driving me to work and what's going on. Have breakfast, go through the works. 
and then start to kind of zone in a little bit more. I don't particularly um, uh, get involved in any kind of method uh, kind of idea. To be to be honest, I think this method approach is just the reason for actors to be dickheads on set. I, I genuinely do, you know, yes. unless unless, yeah. you, unless you're amazing, yeah. unless you're Daniel Day Lewis, unless you're Brando, unless you you know someone incredible, I, I, iconic, Meryl Streep, whomever you can you can name. Because most of the time, the method people are not saying, "Well, I was playing a, you know, a philanthropist nun, so I went method, so I had to be super nice to everyone and super kind and caring. Yeah. Donated all my money. It's always like, well, I was playing a bad guy, so I thought I'd be a bad guy for a few weeks. And you're like, you're just a bad person <laughs> who's leaning back on the excuse. Yeah, exactly. Just an excuse, That's just an excuse you know? to be so, horrible, isn't it? I, I, I try as hard as I can to maintain a sense of play on the set. I try and keep it light and airy, chatting to the cameraman, chatting to the crew, having some fun, playing jokes, keep it light. And um, yeah, do, do it and forget it. I, I've not watched anything that I've done for years now, for a long time. I mean, if it's, if it's, if it's on the TV, I, you know, I'll, I'll might watch it for a couple of minutes and then get rid of it. But I've not seen Lost, Lord of the Rings, anything in X-Men, a- anything that I've done for, I don't know, a good... 12, 15 years or so. Once it's done, for me, it's done. I've done it. I had the moment. It's finished. Next. You're very good. Thanks, William. You're great too. I watch something that you've done virtually every night. Oh, thanks, William. Before I go to bed. You know what's interesting? I will watch the podcast (laughs) because Billy and I have to give notes on the podcast. I find it much easier. I did a nature show for a few years. I find it much easier to watch stuff where it's me, Dom, because I think, well, that's just me. I'm not going to do anything strange. But when it's me, the performer... Even if I'm delighted with what went on on the day, I'm only 60% happy. If I watch it, I'm 35% happy. So why should I watch it? It's done, it's over, next. Sorry, that was a long answer. No, it was good. It was, it was in-depth. Give us a chapter about that body book again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure you could know in the book, like which uh, which which hemisphere, uh, yeah. the uh, the subconscious part of the uh, the explanation Ooh. that comes into. Because I suppose that's what it is, isn't it? Like the subconscious when you're reading it and then doing something else, that it's getting further and further back yeah. there. This is turning into a totally different chat than I thought Ooh. it was going to. But yeah, it's uh, it's probably that type of thing. It is what it is. What about you, Bills? What's your method? My method. I think I probably took. Most of the ways I approach a character from from drama school, you know, because I still I still do with a script the same as I did at drama school. I very very simply take everything that's a fact about the character because you can't change that. Then you know, if it says you know he walks with a limp, he walks with a limp. You can't you can't take that away. You can't make that decision. And then I take um, what people say about you. Because that informs, you know, if everybody says, oh, he, he talks really quietly, then he probably talks really quietly, you know. And then I take what I say about other people and I, and I make lists on that so that you, then you're getting the facts, then, you know. And then outside of that, I pretty much do the same as Dom. I try to kind of, someone said at drama school, it's like um, it's like uh, dyeing a piece of cloth. If you, if you just dye it once, you'll get this sort of solid, you know, Okay, it's there, but it's not that interesting. But if you dye it, leave it, dye it, leave it, and you get this multi-coloured, beautiful thing. So you just keep going back to the character. You keep doing little bits and bobs. So thinking about Lord of the Rings, 
I knew when we started that there was, like Harry Potter, there's a lot of characters and you're only going to get tiny moments. So you have to make your moments mean something and they have to have, uh, you know, a real beat to them to, to move your character to the wherever he's going next. So I, I, I was lucky enough in the house that I lived in in New Zealand, there was a little office. So I covered one wall in paper and I, I did all three movies on the piece of paper and I, and I marked it on a timeline of where I thought Pippin's major moments were, you know, finding the Palantir, leaving Mary, um, upsetting Gandalf, you know, all these things. And then it sort of made a little graph of where I thought Pippin was. Because because of people's um, schedules like Kate Blanchett or Ian Holm, we would, we would jump to the end of the three movies. Mm. And we would do like the second last scene and then we'd be back in the Shire in the first scene. So you had to kind of keep going, oh, wait a minute, what, you know. And something else I learned at drama school was don't play the end. So with, with Pippin, I thought he's a super innocent character at the start and then he has to become a sort of hero by the end. But don't play that he might become a hero at the end because then you've given it away. You know, he has to be this, you know, little naive arsehole at the start. <laughs> you know, you never think would light the beacons or, or do any of that. So, you know, it was it was, it was important to me to yep. look at this graph and go, oh, yeah, we're, we're in the Prancing Pony tomorrow. So I've never met Gandalf. I've never met, you know. So it was important to kind of, whoa, because it was a big story with only small beats for each character, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I remember. I remember the uh, Lord of the Rings film came out. I think it was very close to the release of the first yeah. Potter film. Because um, I remember when we were filming it, they released the trailer for it, um, and I remember going, "Wow, okay, that is <laughs> that is a major major thing." And I, I just remember the um, all the CGI effects and everything what we could see to begin with. But in terms of like, I suppose com- comparison between like the characters we played and, and your guys's characters they were kind of like similar in terms of like and i've heard people say this to us before at like conventions and panels mm-hmm. and stuff in terms of like the similarities between them almost being like cheeky chappies comic relief at times did that and i know you mentioned it earlier about the um, having a, having jokes and stuff like that on set did you guys get up to any of that type of stuff? Because people ask us all the time, what mischief mm. did you get up to on set or what pranks did you play did you get to do that or because you were as you, as you just said there, with the, you know, the process in terms of, well, today I'm doing this and we're on this part of the graph type thing. Or did that wait until all the social side that you had outside of filming as well? Depends where we're at in the filming, really. <clears throat> I mean, certainly in The Fellowship of the Ring, I think there was a vibe on set that certainly when Billy and I were in a scene, whether it was with The Fellowship or if it was just us, the vibe on set was like, okay, here come here come the light-hearted relief, you know, these guys. We were always in a good mood. I don't think there was any real day, apart from being maybe exhausted, but even when we we were exhausted, we were never really in a bad mood. I don't think Billy and I gained a reputation of being in any way difficult or complicated to work with on set. I think a, a little bit of that was probably to do with the characters. I mean, I remember thinking, to a certain extent, I have to take it, the audience have to take it seriously and I have to take it seriously as an actor what we are providing in that fellowship, which is a breath of just just the, the audience's ability to take a breath because you've got these very earnest speeches from 
Aragorn and Gandalf and Theoden and Galadriel and, and, and even Frodo and Sam, you know, and, and Merry and Pippin, as, as Billy said, are going along with that vibe of like, right, wh- where are we going? What are we doing? We want to help. How, how can we help? And it's important for the audience to think, that could be me. That would be me in that group. I would be the kind of, I want to do something, but I don't know how. So maybe my job is to cook the breakfast for everyone and and have a a toy sword fight with Boromir and maybe make Legolas laugh or or, or make Aragorn feel like it's going to be okay. So I did think that we probably were keeping it light and airy on set playing games and yeah absolutely and dom that is one difference between me and dom is dom always likes to be doing something Mm. he you know like between between takes or they're setting up another scene he'll be like oh let's get the playstation set up or let's get the behind the scenes camera in and and we'll do a little scene or something and i just go to sleep I just, like, as soon as there's a, a break, I'll just go to sleep. So it was great that Dom was there because now the behind-the-scenes stuff, me and Dom were doing little sketches and all that, and I would say that was probably 90% Dom, you know, saying, let's do something, let's... Because he always he's always on and doing something and wanting to learn and let, you know, and I, I was quite happy, especially in night shoots, you know, if they said, this is an hour to set this up, I'd just go back and just lie down, you know, I'd be asleep. Yeah. So um, it's, it's good, It's you know, it's good to have someone who who isn't that, and you're like, oh, okay, I'll get involved. And so sometimes I would see Dom getting involved. Once him and Viggo Mortensen uh, got into a sort of war with each other's trailers, where they would, you know, do things to each other's trailers. And as a spectator, that was kind of fun. <laughs> yeah. They would paint each yeah. other's trailers <laughs> or, or shrink wrap it or do yeah. something. It was good. Yeah. He put Liverpool li- li- Liverpool posters. Yeah. Yeah, he put Liverpool posters all over my trailer. And I think <laughs> I put sh- I little piles of shaving foam all over That's the inside right. of his trailer. And yeah, just sit. I was enjoying that so much, I actually took the sofa out of my trailer and the TV and everything. So I was just outside <laughs> watching what they would do to each other. It was great. <laughs> I mean, I slept a lot more. That's interesting that Billy said that he was more active. I slept more than I've probably ever done on a on a set because between Billy and Elijah, who I probably spent more time with on set than anyone else, the two of them, their default setting when they weren't working was to go into the trailer, maybe put some music on and fall asleep. Yeah. So I would come in and be like, right, what are we doing? And they're like, we're falling asleep. And I'm like, okay, let's fall asleep. So I probably learned, <laughs> learned to fall asleep more than anything else. And interesting, <laughs> interestingly, in terms of uh, Potter, uh, because we were all reading, we were all sharing music, we were all sharing movies and TV shows and stuff. I don't know who gave it to me, but someone gave me the first Harry Potter book. So during principal photography of Rings, I read Harry Potter 1, 2, and 3 in my trailer and was utterly charmed by it whilst listening to The Sundays and just thought, oh, what a lovely, cosy, wonderful world to be in, you know? So, yeah, that was one of my reading And he asked Peter if he could get a little scar on his head, and <laughs> Peter said, no, no, that's yeah. a, that's a <laughs> no-go. <laughs> Last year, I know that you guys launched your podcast, The Friendship Onion, um, which I've had 
great joy listening to really good fun and i really uh enjoy like the the facts which come out every so often like i love the one when i randomly learned what a laser oh, yeah. that laser actually stood for something i thought it was just a name i didn't realize it was actually an uh yeah abbreviation yeah we for... i think that we, when we started i mean you guys obviously have your podcast and and we we just thought what do we want it to be and obviously we want people from lord of the rings coming in and we've had elijah and sean and richard taylor from um weta etc but also we just wanted it that we could get people in that we found interesting like the guy who makes lasers we're like who makes mm. lasers i want to talk to that guy mm. and we got brian green in to talk about because one day we're talking about quantum physics and and string theory and we thought who can we get in that knows a bit more about this than we do so we got brian green in and he's you know blew our mind so um yeah it's it's just been a fun sort of you know, we ju we want to learn about these things, so it's good. You know, we're learning it as um, as the listeners are as well. Yeah, and I think I think that's what gives it its charm. That's what makes it so good. It's like where the listener is part of your conversation. What's what's being asked? But what? How how did the name come about? So it's tough. To, we were rolling it around for a while, weren't we? Yeah, there was. We did a, a we did our first um, sort of episode in a friend's studio. Uh, and while we were doing that, it just came up. Dom, we were talking away during this episode, and we said, right. you know, we are we are friends, and we just want to learn about and and yeah. we said unpeel it like an onion. And Dom said, yes, like a friendship onion. And that was it. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly wow. how it happened. It just, uh. it just, we we like slightly surrealistic kind of imagery and stuff. Something a bit silly and whimsical and obviously an onion is something that is traditionally known to be consistently you know you can you can unpeel layers unpeel layers unpeel layers and yeah i think we want we might have wanted something that maybe gave the audience a clue that yes of course we're going to be talking about lord of the rings and that's what's going to be happening but more than anything else we're going to be talking about what it means to be friends with someone and how that friendship grows and changes and evolves and you know so that maybe friends can watch it together and so that people who you know maybe make make new friendships can make those new friendships whilst watching or listening to our podcast you know yeah i mean I'm, i remember listening to an episode um i think it was just before christmas and you were talking about people who obviously either fans of lord of the rings or listening to the listen to your podcast and they'll get you mixed mm. up mm. and we'll talk about something what the other one said um on an episode how does it i mean i understand what that is like yeah. understand. um how do you do you do you like correct people or do you just play along and then just see what see what happens or i mean how does that happen when that happens, it's, really? yeah it's, it's different every time isn't it because you know if someone comes to me like super excited and saying oh god i love you so much lost is one of my favorite shows then it, it's it's kind of <laughs> painful for me to say you know what you've got the wrong one you know but at, at norm 98 percent of the time i would do that but if they're super excited then i go thank you very much you know i'm out I'll, I'll just <laughs> let that go and just hopefully you know they'll just have it as a nice memory because memories aren't real anyway, Tom. Exactly. It's interesting what people think is real and, and not. I mean, yeah, it's all circumstantial. I remember being on a plane 
someone watching me a little bit on the plane. And then as we got up to get our bags, he came over to me and said, are you Billy Boyd? And I said, no. He said, yeah, you are. I said, I'm not. <laughs> he said, you are, you are. Why, why are you being like that? I said, I'm, I'm not Billy Boyd. You've, you've got me confused with someone else. I wasn't mean, I wasn't nasty. But, you know, he was so adamant and kind of thought that I was being, one of my favourite words, obstroculous. Ooh. Right? Um, but I was just trying to say, hey, man, you know, no, uh, 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 it's not me, you know. And then sometimes, like Billy said, you'll, you'll play along because it's their thing. If I'm going to be compared to anyone, I love the fact that I'm compared to Billy. You know, that's, that's a great thing if someone thinks that I'm Billy. It's fantastic. But I think it's inevitable. I mean, you guys must, must know as well that the movies that we're known for and probably will always be known for for the rest of our life are The Lord of the Rings in those films more than 60-70% of the time we're on screen together so I compare it to this R2-D2 C-3PO thing where because they're always together invariably people don't know the difference between the two of them which one's Laurel, which one's Hardy which one's R2-D2, which one's C3 mm. because they're always referenced at the same mm. time oh Mary and Pippin follow me, Mary and Pippin come this way and they're like well which one's which you know so um, it's fun you know it's a fun thing and you guys are you twins or just brothers? We are twins, yeah. He's, he's, he's 13 minutes older than I am. Well, that's a totally a different... A I lot, mean, that that's you. just like... You guys are on the highest level of confusion, right? Because you're twins already, yeah, well, and then... Yeah, which is why us, yeah. Then twins in a, <laughs> and then in a movie, some... and then a movie where you guys are always together in the scenes... You guys must be in the top level of humans that have ever been confused for each other. So much so that when they when they did the twenty year Potter reunion, they actually Brilliant. got our names no. mixed up in the uh, in the titles. Yeah, did they really? The name titles. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, it's been changed now. That's incredible, isn't it? <laughs> but when it first when it, when I first saw it, I was like. Wow. wow. Do you guys have that twin thing? Because I have this connection with my mum, and I've heard that obviously twins have this quite a lot, but I have this, I mean, I'm connected to my mum in a lot of ways, but a strange connection with my mum is that we tend to share the same physical ailments. So I'll send a message to my mum and say, hey, mum, how are you doing? Sorry, I've not been in touch for a couple of days. I've had a sore throat. And my mum will be like, I've had a sore throat for two days. Or, you know, I'll say to my mum, oh, I've, you know, I've sprayed my ankle or something. She said, oh, I've... I've tripped and sprained my ankle too and my dad will now verify it because for the longest time mm. there was no witnesses there my dad would go yeah that happened there was a, a last year sometime I said to my mum and dad I said this is really strange but I'm giving myself electric shocks at the moment more than I've ever done in my life mm -hmm. anything that I touch I'm giving myself a little static electric shock and my mum called me immediately and she was like I've just been telling your dad that for the last two or three days I've been giving myself electric shocks. So do you guys have that? Do you guys have that strange physical, mental connection at times? No. Not, not like that. I think so. Not, definitely not getting electric shocks yeah. or anything. I was going to say, I think we, I always remember, I always remember we, did, we did like a morning TV show once in, uh, in the States and they, were, they had this expert there. And he was like, no, it's true though, isn't it? Kind of like... <laughs> Not for us. We just like ruined this whole Brilliant. segment that they had, like, had lined up. Um, you've literally all, all you can see in the background is these is a uh, is a director just trying to right right. We need to go traffic now. We'll go to the traffic. We'll go to the weather. Whatever. I don't care. That's brilliant. Um, 
but yeah, so we're, 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 I suppose we are maybe subject different to the rule of thumb, really, with that type of thing. Um, I'll tell yeah, you what happens uh, in the book when I get to the chapter on twins. I'll, I'll, yeah, <laughs> I'll let you know. When, when you're saying that, um, like sometimes guys get you confused and um, that kind of thing, has did that has that affected when it's come to choosing roles or or roles that you've gone for? Like, have you have you walked into the audition room and or and you've both uh, been in there? No. But I have gone. Oh, in- there was once I, I actually I went for a movie and you got the part. Really? What movie? Yeah, was that? I can't remember now. Oh, it was like a sort of sci-fi thing. Right. Not sure. And I remember, yeah, and I remember you saying, "Oh, I'm doing this movie," and I said, "Oh, I went up with that oh, cheeky buggers." You bastard! You should only, you know, you should only ask one of us to audition. <laughs> That's the true. Ways, you know, I vaguely, I vaguely recollect, yep. but it's a while ago, probably you know. 15, 20 years ago, going into an audition with a casting director and them saying, oh, you don't have a Scottish accent? And I said, no, I'm from England. And I remember thinking, she thinks I'm Billy Boyd. Wow. She definitely yeah. she definitely thinks I'm Billy Boyd. So, but I, yeah, I remember that happening once. But I mean, in terms of castings, generally, certainly after Rings, I, I do remember thinking, I can't play a fantasy character next. I can't be any of these things that were mm. easily getting offered like gnomes or pixies or elves or leprechauns or any kind of easy fantasy pick. I remember saying to my agent, I can't, I can't go into an audition or even go through the process of, of that it has to be a contemporary character because, you know, Mary and, and Pippin are so entrenched in a, in a fantasy world, you know. So I think you always have to be conscious of, of that, you know. Mm, mm. In, ter- in terms of like when you said that about being engrossed in the fantasy world did League of Legends make your lives easier during the pandemic hey do yeah, you play definitely. do you play I've tried I, I was I was terrible because I thought I was going to spend an absolute fortune on it really on, and on... then I ended up downloading Sim City. you know you know you know like the updates you can the add-ons and oh but it's just skins and stuff it's all free you, you don't need to spend anything Ollie it's absolutely no you don't. it's free it's free. It's free to download. It's free to play. It is a an intimidating game because it's relatively complicated. And I mean, Billy and I both attest to this. The first, the first twenty or thirty games that you play, you will be embarrassingly bad, and you'll look back on it and think, "What was I doing?" But you have to learn somewhere. It's one of the most played games in the world, mm. and um, it is quite imposing. But yeah, it absolutely made my life better. Billy lives with his wife and, and son and dog. I live on my own during the pandemic. I mean, obviously, I spend a lot of time on my own. I, I, I like I like spending time on my own, but during the pandemic, there were consistent months, you know, three, four, certainly maybe even five or six months where I didn't see anyone that I knew. I went down to the to the supermarket, bought food, came home, didn't see anyone's face that I knew, you know, and I, I said to my to Billy and a couple of <clears throat> couple of other pals. Hey, I'm playing this game. It's really fun. It's free to download. It's free to play, and it will give us a chance to say hello to each other. And uh, we've been playing it ever since. And it's a laugh, you know. Oh, and it's as, a riot. And as Dom says, you get friends like we've got a friend in Hawaii who plays with us. There's somebody in New York, and we're all on you know headphones together chatting away. And what were you doing today while we're playing this game? It's a it's a really good way to kind of keep in touch as well. 
So on your on your Twitter account, you've written that the location is Earth for now, and Dom, you've got in transit. Where do you uh, where do you guys want to be living next then? Oh, I don't know. I'm I'm quite. You seem really quite settled. I'm quite settled in Los Angeles. I like it. Like you say, you know, um, it, you, you don't have the sun today. I was out this morning doing some stuff in in the garden, and like you've got your top off. Oh, well, I did. Hello, hello there. And yeah. like fixing a couple of things, I had to fix a wire, you see. Mm. And I was thinking, this is lovely, you know. It's February, and and it's nice and warm. Uh, as as Dom says, I've got a son, and he's quite settled here. He's he's quite outdoorsy. He likes to surf. He likes to skateboard. And you know, it's like if I take him back to Glasgow or Scotland, I think it would be quite a shock for him now, you know. Although he did he did live his mm. first eight years <laughs> of his life there, and. You know, uh, but I think he's used to this now, so it'd just be different. So I feel quite settled here, and and I don't I don't get obsessed by the the business or anything. In fact, a lot of time I forget. You, you're kind of doing your own thing, you know. So um, I I do actually. A lot of people like to bring Los Angeles down. I I really like it. I think it's a lovely lifestyle, and um, and and the weather is such a. I mean, it, it can make you happy just getting up and putting a pair of shorts on, you know. Mm. It's just, it really helps. It's a great city. <clears throat> There's so much to do. Some of, some of the greatest restaurant experiences in the world are to be had in Los Angeles. Like Billy said, certainly at this time of year, it's probably my favourite weather in LA because you do get sun, but it's not like splitting the rocks, 41, 42 degrees Celsius. You know, it's kind of like 26, 27. It's lovely. Billy's going snowboarding and skiing this weekend if, That's right. if they felt like it they could go snowboarding in the morning drive to the ocean and go surfing in the afternoon there's not that many places on the planet that you can do stuff like that with of course it, mm. like Billy said it gets a bad rap because you know there can be a, an element of toxicity in the, in the social aspect of, mm -hmm. of Los Angeles and the schmoozing and the and the nonsense but Billy and I don't do that I mean you know I, I, I'm too old for that I never really was that interested in that anyway Young people coming to LA, getting burnt out, going partying five nights a week, seeing if they can meet the right producer or the right this and that. It's just not something that Billy and I do. Um, I like Los Angeles as well. Yeah. I've always been restless. It's probably part of my childhood. I moved every three years when I was a kid. Um, I like jungles. I like animals. I like tropical adventures. I like dangerous animals. I like uh, any animal that people don't like. I love. I think they need more help and guidance and awareness and 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 um love than than anything else so i love australia i love fiji i love costa rica i love belize i don't know there might be a time in my life where i might look at my job and where i'm at in that particular job and think okay i'm not sure if it gets any better for me at 55 at 60 at 65 i'll go teach people how to scuba dive for 10 years and, you know, have a more simplistic mm. life of uh, being around animals and having fun. Well, I was going to say, is that, where, is that where, like, you're talking about those exotic countries and places like that? Is that where you get your love for, like, insects and, and reptiles? I moved from school to school when I was a kid, and one of the things that I could consistently bring with me was my love for animals. So I'd have to make new friends and 
join a new football team, join a new drama group, join new things. But I could always bring Attenborough and Jacques Cousteau and spiders and ants and snails and slugs and stuff. And, uh, you know, we just, um, I don't know. My dad was a science teacher. He loves animals. My mum's a nurse. She's always loved animals. My brother and I used to pride ourselves on knowing a little bit about animals. I, I got, you know, an opportunity to pitch an idea to a producer about a nature show and it was it was just simply that i just said look we're all that we're always going to have gorillas and tigers and lions and and elephants because they're beloved and people want to save them and and even though clearly elephants and gorillas and tigers and lions are dangerous we love those animals but they're not the most important animals on the planet and there are animals that people make this strange mistake that because something makes you scared or you're disgusted by it that it's pointless and unnecessary because you've had a you've had a reaction to it that you do not care for therefore leeches are unimportant because they make me feel scared but leeches are incredibly important because they create balance in ecosystems so i just wanted to try and turn people onto that blind spot of everything in nature is essential because it exists because nature will not allow things to hang around if they don't have a purpose and um there's a massive amount of animals that need our help and and need us to step in and be a steward for them and it allowed me to travel and allowed me to meet amazing people and, and do incredible things so yeah i get upset billy knows i get obsessed by things and one of my lifelong obsessions and probably my deepest spiritual connection to the planet has been through the natural world i just if I'm in trouble, if I'm, if I'm upset, if I'm weak, if I'm struggling with something, I go to my garden, I take a trip to a jungle, I go scuba diving, I, I go back to nature and it always gives me the answer that I'm looking for. I completely, I completely agree. That's, that's, that's how I, my kind of unwinding, I guess, as it is, Great. is mm. anything outdoorsy, night or day. I think it's, I don't, I can't think of anywhere else you'd rather be than seeing little, like even just like when um, last year I planted loads of, seeds yeah. just to, to see what came out and they're all ones which were made for get, nice. encouraging bees to the area and it was amazing how many turned up it is it it as if one came one day went away told yeah. his mates yeah. and they all came back you like. know billy and i learned to surf together in new zealand and we've surfed uh, quite a few places around the world and i have these amazing vivid beautiful precious memories of surfing in hawaii with bills or surfing in mexico with bills or surfing around the world and you, you, you're in nature, you're in the ocean, you know, there's kelp going around your feet or maybe there's a sea lion in the distance or a dolphin comes over to say hello or a pelican swoops down and there's something so simplistic and necessary for the human experience to connect with that thing and it's joyful, you know, we, we wouldn't be catching a wave, we'd be, we'd be waiting for a wave to come in, suddenly a pelican would fly past and, you know, Billy and I and our friends would be like, ah, oh, Look at that. That's amazing. Why does that fill you with joy? It's because yeah. we are nature. We're connected to nature. We, we, we move away from it so easily. And when you reconnect with it, it's, it's a blissful experience, you know. Just got a couple more questions, if that's okay. Um, first one is, so our, our podcast is called Normal Not Normal. So what does the word normal mean to you? You know, I was thinking about this before we came on, and I just saw a quote from someone uh, from, and I've forgotten his name, Dom will help me here. So you guys are doing a travel show, but probably our favourite travel show 
and the guy just passed away, well, a couple of years ago now. Oh, Anthony Bourdain. Anthony Bourdain, who, who's, I, I saw this quote mm -hmm. where he was talking to someone and said, most people in the world are good, you know, they're good people, they just want to do their work, look after their kids, you know, get up every morning and put on a clean shirt and just have a life, you know, and I think that's kind of, for me, is normal. I, you know, growing up in Glasgow and and knowing so many great, great people there, and one thing about Los Angeles that is a kind of thing that you have to watch is everybody is always trying to keep up with the Joneses, you know. I need a bigger house, I need a better mm. car, I need a... Yeah. And and you you you've got to forget about that, you know. It's that stuff is not important, you know. It's the nature thing. It's we, we, if we can just get in touch with nature, and just kind of make sure everybody's trying to have a good time, then that you know that that feels normal. And I think Anthony Bourdain, the amount mm -hmm. of traveling he did, he kind of hit something on the head there, you know. Yeah. Someone asked me the other day on this Q and A that I do on on Instagram. Some sometimes you know what's what makes you happy and, and i said you know w watching my friends be successful and seeing seeing seeds that i plant grow which is interesting that you said that thing james you know i planted a couple of things last year that i knew wouldn't appear for somewhere between nine months to 12 months and and seeing that happen seeing the little shoots come up and you know a perfect day for me was another question and and the perfect day for me is relatively normal, you know. Man, well, Premier League happens very early in the morning in LA, so I might be up at four thirty, five in the morning to yep. watch Manchester United. If Manchester United win, then the sun has come out. If I go into my garden and just simply potter, which is an interesting word for you guys, you know, just potter around, <laughs> not necessarily do a huge amount, a little bit of weeding, a little bit of watering of a plant that might need a little bit of extra stuff, cut off a couple of dead leaves here and there potter around maybe go to a new place for lunch you know i i like the days now that just kind of flow in a in a nice kind of improvisational way but that there's nothing hysterical there's no crazy peaks and troughs about them you're just kind of cruising that's another word that i like in in hawaii they talk about it all the time you know how's your day oh i'm just cruising which just kind of means nah, not really doing anything in particular just kind of doing my thing that's what normal feels like to me yeah and people kind of look down in that sometimes don't they and they shouldn't uh, you know just you're talking about sitting watching tv on your on your sofa there's something lovely about mm. that you know yeah i mean i mean it's, it is it is kind of where the the concept came up to us from like what is yeah. normal like well i'm not i'm not doing things normally it's like well who who are you comparing mm -hmm. yourself to you can only compare yourself to yourself yep. and as you say it's funny as you said that billy about the whole keeping up with the joneses mm. thing there's some people not not necessarily just in la but all over the all over the place can kind of get with that but um yeah you're right though like as you say if you can just cruising a bit i mean uh, how, how much further the day yeah. what, go. what age were you guys when you did potter so we were we were 14 when we were oh, cast wow so you guys were young wow. so yeah. You, yeah i suppose yeah. that's where yeah, the normal so, yeah. thing comes from is you guys are pretty much only known that that life pretty much yeah well that, like oliver said we were we we're always asked we didn't have a normal childhood growing up but we were like well i bet you're normal was completely different to some your schoolmates normal kind of things so. but it's only the normal that you have because uh like but both my parents had passed away when i was 15 but to me that's normal you know to most people uh y you know they they watch their 
their parents get older and and you know maybe less secure and and you know becoming old people you know and i never had that but to me mm. that's normal my parents are frozen as these parents of a 15 year old so to me that's normal and i find it hard to try and get my head around people talking about their parents getting older and you know it's a so it's normal for you yeah and also you know some of the more bizarre experiences that billy and i have shared together i always think is is harder to handle for the people around you and i'm sure you guys have experienced this too you know when we were doing some of our initial premieres in leicester square or in times square or you know wherever we happen to be we would have like an initial briefing you know they'd kind of say okay guys you know they're going to line up the cars and you're going to go first and you next and then you know there's going to be elijah and live and stuff like that and you're going to get there there'll be a red carpet wave to uh, some people sign some stuff if you want give yourself half an hour then there's going to be photos then you're all going to get together as a group so you know all that you've been briefed and you're consistently briefed but you don't feel the need to tell your friends or maybe your significant other or your pals or your parents about it so you get out of the car knowing this stuff and also having the experience of it happen before so you're like oh yeah great thousands of people screaming your name and flash photography and it's crazy and you, I remember looking around at my parents and my and my friends and my brother and thinking, wow, they're really having an out-of-body experience. But for us, you kind of it's <laughs> yeah. amazing what you get yeah. used to, you know. So uh, it's, it's just whatever you're used to. If you're a clown, yeah. people must think, wow, that's a crazy job. That's your job. And you just think, well, my job is falling out of a car that demolishes and someone putting a custard pie in my face. <laughs> you just get used to it, right? <laughs> <laughs> but what a job. <laughs> So um, the final things is, uh, so I normally got this thing called the 3am questions, basically where it's a quick fire, uh, what your favorite certain things are. But really, when you have time to think about it at 3am, you'll get ah, the answer that you mm. really want. Okay. So first of all, what is your favorite book? American Psycho. Autobiography of a yogi. <laughs> that, was, that was a juxtaposition. <laughs> <laughs> they were, I was going to say, I was going to say, gosh, they were totally opposite. <laughs> really? Uh, yeah. What is, sorry. What is your favorite food? Fruit. Um, uh, spicy Thai soup. Your favourite film? Apocalypse Now. Gregory's Girl. Favourite song? Um, something by the Beatles. In My Life by the Beatles. Oh, two Beatles. And funny, uh, if you have a favourite quote. To thine own self be true. What matters most is how well we walk through fire. Was that you that made that one up? Charles Bukowski. Ooh. Very good. I like I like quick fire questions. I like it's them good. too. I like the impulsiveness of that. <laughs> it was wicked. Uh, brilliant. Well, Chats, thank you so much for uh, for taking the time out of uh, out of everything today and uh, letting us uh, letting us pick your brains about some stuff. Really appreciate it. It was great spending time with you both. And hopefully, if we get a chance to be over in the British Isles sometime soon, maybe we can all have a have a pint in a pub and share League of Legends stories. Oh, that's Ooh, one thing I miss over here. It's just a normal pub. And just meeting up for an afternoon pint. Mm. I could go that right now, Tom. Mm. No, we've got to work. Yeah, we've got to do some work. That's right. <laughs> no, it's lovely <laughs> to speak to you guys. I hope the the podcast continues uh, to be a success. It's brilliant, mm. and um, I know that you guys are doing a travel show. Can't wait to see it. It looks brilliant. We just uh, we just wrapped on the first season, which was uh, good fun. So we were actually funny enough talking about skiing. We were skiing in Austria, and I've never never done it before. 
And I think 35 is too too old to start. It's not. You're just like looking at the floor going, I'm going too quick, I'm going too quick. I'd, I'd never <laughs> skied till we got to New Zealand. So I was, what, 32 when we uh, did it. And a very quick story, we went skiing, me, him, Dom there. Hi. Orlando Bloom, who can ski like a like a god, of course, and a few other people. Because me, he's been skiing quite a bit. He's been skiing since he was a child. And... Uh, <laughs> Dom and I have never skied before or snowboard, so we went snowboarding. Dom fell hard on his ass. Yeah, broke my ass. Really, really hard. And the next day, we were going snowboarding again, and we're knocking on his door. Dom's just shout, "No, no, I'm not going. Just go." And we got the the cleaner to come up and open his door, and we ran in to get him out, and but he wouldn't go. No, I wouldn't he, get. Well, all he said. These guys were knocking on the door. Come on, come out! I was like, No, I'm not. I'm not going. I can barely walk. I really, you know, the you know your the tailbone. You know the the kind of the very bottom of your spine. Yeah, yeah. I just jolted that, and it was a horrible sensation. And I was like, I'm done for the day. And then I woke up the next day, and it was worse. I was like, There's absolutely no way I could. I was waddling like a duck. You know. I don't think Elijah had ever been before as well. And you know that, that little lift thing that you get and you put the thing between your legs and it and it pulls you up. And it's really hard to get on. Yeah. And even harder with a snowboard. And we tried about four or five times. None of us could get on it. And Elijah ended up just grabbing it and lying on his back and just getting pulled up on his back. <laughs> I'm the ring bearer. <laughs> <laughs> Is this the way to Mordor? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, honestly, guys, thank you so much for, for uh, joining us today. Really, really enjoyed it. Tons of fun. It's great chatting with you guys. Great fun. Cheers, guys. Bye. See you later, guys. That was so much fun. That was really, really great, especially seeing their studio as well. We've met those guys in, in passing, but never really had a, a decent chat with them. Um, and I'm quite a big Lord of the Rings fan, so it was really cool. You know, and you you just you you hope people are as nice in real life. And I know we've said this in quite a few guys that we've spoken to on this show, but it was really nice. And we can't thank them enough for you know telling us all about their experiences filming that. And I was, I was fascinated as well about obviously I, f- I forgot how they'd filmed it. The, f- the they filmed the three movies in one go, essentially like sporadically all over the place, and they needed to remember the character arc as it were um so that was that was really cool learning all that and their show is a lot of fun so give the friendship onion a little listen um very very good and i love the random as you probably are aware guys i love random facts and their show definitely has some of them in yeah yeah I just, and also as well going back to the other stuff they're talking about how like obviously people mix them up and obviously, and also as well, like people ask us about pranks, but it was nice hearing that there was a bit of a prank war going on, not necessarily with Billy, uh, but with Dom and uh, Vigo as well. Like that, obviously, just shows as well that sometimes you can take work as uh, as as good as you find it, and just make the best of whatever it is you're getting up to. But also, I love the idea as well how they both use nature as a way to to decompress and just enjoy their their surroundings. Mm-hmm. It's it's funny now looking back, but I remember when when. Lord of the Rings were coming out at the cinema and the Potters were coming out at the cinema. I can remember the press tried to make it uh, you're either in one camp or the other. And it, I always found that really bizarre because as a as a Potter crew, uh, cast and everything, we were generally like excited to see the, the upcoming Lord of the Rings. And it's quite cool to learn that they were the same way with the Potters as well. I think it was a, a mutual admiration. So it's, looking back now, it's quite funny that there used to be a 
I can remember there was a, like when because both both movies had a troll at one point, but they looked very different. And I can remember seeing seeing some weird bloke go on a rant about how well the Potter troll isn't a real troll. It's too it it doesn't look correct. It's off. What the hell are you on about? <laughs> what, do you live under a bridge? Do you know, do you where, know they where they are? are yes. uh, but I, I think it's one of those things where it wouldn't be the first time and unfortunately it won't be the last that um, certain types of the media try and make a, a division where it's not necessarily needed, especially when they're in kind of the same, you know, the same genre as it were. So likelihood is if you like one, you, you're going to be intrigued or at least very interested in seeing the other. Like I said, really great people. Billy Dump, thank you so much for joining us. And guys, we really do hope that you enjoyed that chat with them. It was a lot of fun. And and, and let me segue into my little did you knows this week. A very famous quote comes from Lord of the Rings. And people say this all the time. You see it on, if you go into someone's house, there's there's, there's, some people have this written on. And that was the saying, not all that wonder are lost. That comes from Lord of the Rings. Very good. Good old talking. Another one. I know you know this because every Brummie seems to know this. The Two Towers. Two Towers. The idea comes from Two Towers, which were in the Midlands at the time. There we are. Yep. You can actually hike Mount Doom in New Zealand. I have done this. I know you've done this, Oliver, and I'm still angry for you for this. So let me fill you in on a story. Oliver isn't as into hiking as myself or my friend. I think this is a fair because I go on, like, we go on holidays and my pal and I go away right yeah so we didn't have a car or anything like that to get around and it's a one-way walk fine i'm gonna set my stall out first it was a one-way walk i was on my honeymoon and i'd already just come off 10 days in fiji just filling my face okay go as we were heading down to new zealand oliver said to my pal and i right you need to get a guide for this hike because it's very it's you you may get lost you're not sure if you could get all the way um so it's best to get a guide so okay six months before this he and I had been hiking in Yellowstone and Yosemite without a guide, just with a map, tent, backpack, done in the wilderness. When we get to, so we meet said guide and group of 10 other people. We then get to... Ah, uh, we had our own. We get to the trail and I would say the yellow brick road in the Wizard of Oz was better hidden than this trail. Like you could not miss it. And the problem when you're with a group, you've got to wait for the group. And we're, we're relatively fit guys, so we were always going ahead, sitting down and waiting. Going ahead, sitting down, waiting. What we probably could have done in two hours took five. So just 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 watch out for this one next time. Don't go cheap like that. We rented our own individual guide who brought a lunch for us and everything like that. Literally cooked it at the side, and we were up, down, and out in two and a half hours. Yeah. There we are. And he was giving us like, and he was and he was teaching us all the tradition of the area, like how it's actually it's like a Polynesian type type thing. But you know, like in Moana, for example, the Disney film, there's the bit at the end, you know, where the I forget the name of it now, Takar, is it the volcanic lady who's throwing stuff at the at Maui at the end? But how that lies, how it lies down and forms an island and a volcano. Mm-hmm. Before all that came out, he's explaining how that's how they believe how volcanoes can only move once. They believe so they try and move as close to someone as to another one who they love. And that's it. And they'd move at night to do it. So I'd, I'd learn all this on the way. You didn't get that on your tour, the guy, did I you? I love that. Remember that Pixar short with the volcanoes? God, sad. It's that. amazing. It's so good. It's proper sad. So good. And then just because I like throwing random did you knows in here. Did you know? <laughs> right. You're, you're not going to know where this comes from. Did you know in Pokemon, the Gotta Catch Em All ethos has a backstory? 
So the idea about collecting animals in Pokemon came from his love from being in the garden as a child. And as a boy, the creator would the creator Satoshi and he would spend hours finding, collecting bugs and insect. In fact, he spent so much time doing it, his friends called him Dr. Bug. He eventually wanted to become a bug scientist, but we're just glad he invented a video game instead, aren't we? I bet he is as well. There you go. I bet you didn't realise we are going to end up on Pokemon there. <laughs> no, anyway, guys, that just shows there's no normal way to finish this. But guys, thank you so much for joining us this week. And as we said earlier, um, thanks once again to our big guests, Billy and Dom. Yes, thank you very much, guys. Thank you very much for joining us, everybody. It was, like I said, really good fun to chat to Billy and Dom. We really do hope you guys enjoyed it. Guys, have an amazing time. Whatever you get up to this weekend. I'm James Phelps. I'm Oliver Phelps. Cheerio. Normal Not Normal is a stable production.